Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hiya. And welcome to the podcast show called Love the Graps, um, emanating from my flat in Northampton, England. Um, it is currently 17 minutes past midnight, which is positively um, luxuriously early. I'm yeah. excited about an early night yeah. in comparison to last night, in comparison to what we've got planned um, at the end of this month into April. Um, yeah. We might come on to that a little bit later. Yeah. Just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and maybe we'll, we'll call out and see what people would like to hear from us yeah. um, over that particular weekend. But that the reason we're here is to talk about the show that we've been to tonight. Um, and that's kind of how these podcasts it tend is, to go. That's how they work. Um, we've just got home from Wolverhampton. Um, again. Again. And Fight Club Pro. Again. Again. Um, at the Fiction Warehouse. Again. Again. Um, tonight, uh, the name of the show was... The First Female of Fight Club Pro. Yeah, um, in homage to one Nixon Newell. Yeah, who we spoke about last night, but yeah. we'll have more to say. We will have more to say, plenty more to, yeah. to say, I think. Um, uh, it was the second night of a weekender. Yeah. Um, if you want to know all about the first night, why not skip back in your podcast time machine and have a look at our episode from yesterday. Um, where we spoke all about that particular show. Um, I was particularly grumpy in parts. Yes. Um, yeah. I've had a few comments this evening about that yeah. from people at the show. Um, some disagreeing with me. Yeah. A couple, maybe, leaning seeing, yeah, towards... Seeing your point of see, view. At least seeing my point of view. Yeah. Um, if not flat out agreeing with me. Um, I would rather everybody agreed with me, but I accept that you are all sentient beings with your own thoughts, feelings and opinions. And Um, you're constantly poo-pooing my attempts to make people think the way that they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was up to Alan, um, we would be living in some kind of uh, fascist state of boon. It'd be the Matrix. Yeah. Because... It would be it would be the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, it wouldn't be. No, it'd be the Matrix. No, it'd be Matrix Revolution. At the end of the day, the Matrix is is a a terrible story about Mm. people who are blissfully happy, yanked out of it by some terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, and wait, are you saying you're the terrorist? No, I'm the Matrix, mate. You're the Matrix. Yeah. I don't really understand your analogy. Plug, plug in to the Matrix. You think we should all plug into you? Yeah. Think, want, think the way I, I think. I don't want to Everyone physically... Everyone will be blissfully happy. I don't want, to... I don't want you physically <laughs> plugging into me. Not that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but I mean, you don't want it to happen no. and I don't want it to happen. You know, like, but... if, if plugging into each other is your, you know, your proclivity, that is absolutely fine. But I don't want to plug into you, Alan. No. I don't want to plug into you physically, emotionally or psychologically. Um, I think you're a menace and I think you must be stopped <laughs> oh, oh, all I'm saying is that Neo was wrong Neo Neo. I mean Neo was wrong he was wrong when he was in Bill and Ted um, now, we're going to have to fight on that 
I mean, no, because he was stupid. Because he was stupid. He was a stupid character. Being stupid isn't a crime. Yeah, but I mean, he was generally wrong. Well, like you were generally. Look, we're straying into love the flicks. <laughs> there, let's get back to <laughs> yeah, love the yeah, Bucks. yeah. But I mean, you catch with that podcast on the working a uh, um, cup holder <laughs> podcast <laughs> network. That's in the cinema where you've got a cup. So um, Fight Club Pro, Fight Club Pro. Um, I enjoyed tonight a lot. Um, I enjoyed it more than I did last night. Yep. I think that's going to become pretty evident. I think just the fact that um, I'm wide awake now, or or (laughs) as awake as I can be after having been, you know, it being gone midnight, um, and I'm a sleepy, sleepy man, generally speaking. Um, And there was some pretty high points tonight. Yeah. As high as Fight Club Pro can do. Yeah. Um, let's dive in let's, let's dive, dive in. straight in because yeah. if you want the results then you'll find them or listen to the Indie Darlings this yeah. week where we'll, in a week we'll run down the more results based yeah. uh, aspect of the show but let's talk feelings feelings in, what, in, what are they in yeah love the graps love the graps um, hashtag love the graps see you're getting it no I, that was mocking that was a mocking time I'll take mockery um, and well, you're gonna have to. Um, so yeah, uh, love the graps. Um, I'm gonna dive straight in with that main event. I yeah. did it. I did it last night. Yeah, I'm gonna do it tonight. Yeah. Um, the main event tonight was Travis Banks against Pete Dunne, and unfortunately, Travis Banks lost the main event tonight. But, Pete Dunne had his feet on the ropes. But so, did he? Um, yeah. So he did lose the announced main event. Yeah. Um, his shot at Pete Dunne, which he'd earned. At a recent show, Pete Dunne had come out. He'd said to Travis Banks, "Oh, you reckon you deserve a title shot? If you beat me tonight, yeah. you'll get a title shot." So that happened. Yeah. Travis so that, Banks Pete beat him in quick, quick a, order. A, a little bit confusing for some people, perhaps, because yeah. the the assumption was that Travis Banks won Infinity, which yeah. was the tournament last year, and the winner of Infinity can can gain a title shot yeah. at the champion. And maybe some people, and maybe two people sitting in this room, yeah. uh, assumed that the title shot tonight was that. Was title that. Shot. But they had done, as I say on a previous show, Pete Dunne did come out and say, if you beat me, I'll give you a title shot whenever. Yeah. And Travis Banks kind of shocked him and beat him yeah. like straight away. Very quickly. Now, I, it wasn't 100% clear to me that that was a different title shot it was to an the extra. Infinity one. So... Yeah, Travis Banks had the title shot that he'd um, beaten Pete Dunne. Yep. And he was pretty, he summarily screwed over by Pete Dunne, who attacked him before the bell. Um, they had a short match, and Pete Dunne rolled him up, feet on the ropes. Um, Which referee Shea Purser failed to notice. He did fail to notice. We all have our faults, um, some more than others. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, Pete walked out with the belt. Yeah. But then you, you heard you heard people say, cash it in, Trav. Cash it in, Trav. So they had the Infinity Tournament trophy on display. At the um, as they As they tend to do. Yeah. Um, and Travis Banks called for it. Yeah. And he said, pass me that. I am cashing this in. Get Pete Dunn back out here. Yeah. And we are going to do another match. And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but... First, Pete Dunne 
destroyed yeah, he the destroyed trophy. the trophy using Travis Banks' body. Yeah. Um, and what kind of followed was a fantastically athletic match between um, Pete Dunne and Travis Banks. Yeah. If you've seen these guys do what they do, this they did what they do yeah. tonight. Um, also, it was really chaotic. Yeah. You had... Um, you know, interjections from CCK. The bastards. Um, from uh, anti-fun Damien Dunn. Um, and they, they, were he- they were out there to help Pete Dunn. Yeah, and it looked like dark days. Yeah, yeah. And especially yeah. when former champion and leader of a heel faction... Yeah, re- uh, who um, stepped away from Fight yeah. Club Pro last but year. He with was a leader condition. of a faction that contained Pete Dunne and Damien Dunne, who, yeah. were, who were both in the ring. MK McKinnon appeared, came in the ring, appeared to too sweet. It um, wasn't a too sweet, it was some sort of hand gesture yeah. that they were doing. I think it had a three yeah. sort of thing. They were doing some sort of weird hand gesture, but yeah. yes. Um, but, but what did he do, Chris? Um, he proceeded to um, do a uh, kick in the face of Damien Dunn and then a ridiculous, like almost cannonball sort of dive on Pete Dunn on the outside, yeah. um, giving um, Travis Banks the opportunity to regain himself. Yeah. Um, and Travis Banks, through all of this hardship, um, through a couple of ref. Bumps. Yeah. Um, Shay Persa was unfortunately unable to call the finish <laughs> of this match. Um, Travis Banks managed to pick up the win over Pete Dunne. Yeah. And become the new Fight Club Pro Champion. Yeah. Now, we just told the story there. Of the Tonight Show, yeah. But that's really what it is. It's a story. Yeah. Um, that started before we started going to Fight Club Pro. Yep. Uh, and it was a story of Travis Banks losing every match until he won the Infinity Tournament. Yeah. Which we were there that night and it was electric. It was, yeah. It was one of the sort of um, most intense sort of crowd connect, yeah. Like the connection between the crowd and the performer yeah. um, was sort of the most heightened I've ever been I think pretty yeah. much in a cra- in a wrestling crowd. Yeah, and my hot take will yeah. be that tonight wasn't quite that. No, but it was because, still very, and, very. And special. I think part of that was some one point that we will come up onto in a minute yeah. um, and come in very firmly under the love the grabs banner. But the other point was probably, and and it didn't detract from the match for me. In fact, I think you know it it made for a, quite a fun sort of main event. Yeah. But was probably the interjection of a lot of the other yeah. the elements, the other um, characters coming out. It kind of um, maybe did it made it less about Travis Banks um, beating yeah. Pete Dunne so much as Travis Banks having to overcome a load of obstacles thrown at him. Yeah. And that was never really the story with Travis Banks. No. Um, it wasn't like anybody was stacking a deck against him. No. It wasn't like there were loads of villains out to get him. He had been, um, since day one in Fight Club Pro, striving to prove himself by having really knockout athletic matches against the likes of Zack Sabre Jr., Tyler Bate, um, Trent Seven, um, and and always coming up short. Yeah. 
and the crowd really latched onto that. Yeah. They they saw something in Travis Banks, and they you know emotionally sort of took him on as their own. Yeah, very much. Um, and eventually, yeah, he overcame. He won at the Infinity Tournament. So it it, it kind of didn't quite ring true that the sta- the deck was stacked against him tonight. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I did really enjoy it. Yeah. But I think that would might explain why it wasn't quite as electric yeah. as um, the real culmination of that particular leg of the storyline um, back in December. Yeah. But it was still incredibly thrilling, incredibly exciting. Yeah. Uh, and a perfect example of what made us fall in love with Fight Club Pro in the first place. And one of the, and, and wrestling in general. Yeah. You know, like, if you can tell a story like that, and you can get people emotionally invested in a character and want them to succeed, then you've done one of the main jobs that wrestling's supposed to do. Like, how much, how, how often do we see um, wrestling shows or wrestling on TV where titles change hands and it's like oh well well that's happened yeah. that's happened again um i did, i've never really been invested in that the route to that title for that particular character uh, i mean for for example and it was somebody who was on tonight's show the mark haskins route to the progress championship yeah. now that never really sat right with me because he was sort of played as this massive underdog, but he was somebody who lost multiple opportunities and kept getting put into situations where he'd get more opportunities yeah. and never really had to like earn his way there over a long period of time. It would just no. be, um, oh, you lost that one. Okay, well, in order to get another one, you've got to beat this person or you've got to win this multi-person match. And then you'll get another shot. And like I say, they tried to play it off like an underdog story. And Haskins is very good at doing that. But the storyline didn't really really play out. um, Not nearly as effectively as the Travis Banks. No. I'll tell you one thing I did notice as well about the, the main event tonight. And thinking back that the events that set it up at the, the previous show, yeah. um, there was nothing about the Pete Dunne character that referred to WWE. Yeah. He didn't do any of the, the mannerisms that some of these guys are doing, the threatening the pedigree, the, the crotch chops. Um, yeah. So it was a pure Fight Club Pro story, as opposed to what we talked about last night, where this bleed from the WWE comes in and maybe becomes a little bit yeah. Wrestle House. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, part of that was probably he didn't have a chance to. Well, no. The, the, the pace of this match yeah. didn't allow Pete to play to the crowd at all. Yeah. Um, not to say that he would have done, but um, I think it was very much benefited from that. It was finishing the story yeah. that they had been telling that at its start did not involve the WWE UK. Because it didn't it exist, didn't exist then. no. And so there was no reason to continue it to to its to its natural conclusion. Yeah. But yeah, top marks. Yeah, and hopefully this will hit <coughs> VOD soon. Very soon. Um, they are live editing their shows, um, courtesy of the the G Man, top work um, G Man, who yeah is doing doing a saint's work in getting these British wrestling shows yes. um, ready. Uh, 
promptly yeah um and it looking good as well yeah um so if you and fight club pro shows are always really cheap on video yeah. as well so don't be a dummy just reach in your pocket or click on the paypal button and have a go at that because i think you'll be really um, really happy with it yeah um also you'll get to see us as well because yeah, we were a front we row were, hard camp yeah we were right in the middle of the hard yeah. camp um you're welcome so uh you'll look for the two fellas with their arms crossed sometimes yeah um, that's, that's not because we weren't enjoying it. That's just because I mean, because um, I mean, personally, I'm uh, you. You've lost a lot of weight, but yeah. uh, heavy set guy. Sometimes it's it's, a, it's, it's more most comfortable, comfortable way. Yeah. Um, way to sit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you will see us. Yeah, being excited for the second thing. Oh yeah, very much. Yeah, very very excited. La- last night we talked a little bit about Nixon Null. Yep. Because um, it was her last. Um, Hurrah with Chris Brooks, her dancing partner for the yeah. last couple of years. But tonight was her final farewell in Fight Club Pro. Yep. Um, she took on Candice LeRae. Um, it was a very, it was really emotional. Like it yeah. was, a, it was, a, it was an emotional one. Um, I've been watching. I, I mean, I, I guess I've probably been watching Nixon. Since not long after she started with Kamikaze Pro, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't really seen her before that, but then I, I didn't really go to Wales a lot, so yeah. it's unlikely that I would have done. Um, and yeah, full disclosure, she was on the first Good Wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of the first people that we wanted on that show. Um, never managed to get her, our schedules to work out to get her back. Um, she's very busy. Yeah. Very much in demand. Um, I uh, made fun of my brother Adam, who did the announcing for In the Moment on that first show. Yeah. Very loudly proclaiming Nixon Yule to be the best women's wrestler on the planet yeah. um, in the world today. And I think you you may today. She may be, you know, you could maybe make that argument for she, her. She's in, in the running. Because she has an emotional connection with an audience that is second to none. And yeah, in Fight Club Pro, the audience has sort of grown with her yep. and watched her become the performer that she is today. But you see her everywhere she goes, like, um, especially across the UK, um, like in progress, she made a big impact real quickly. Yeah. Um, probably in front of a lot of people who hadn't seen loads of really good women's wrestling. Yeah. Because that wasn't what Progress did on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's instantly likable and she's really, really good. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that illustrated it to me tonight was she was facing Candice LeRae. Yep. Who is also one of the top women wrestlers in the world. She's lovely. She's charismatic. Yep. Uh, she's very able. Uh, l- loved everywhere she goes. That's right, yeah. She didn't get a peep tonight. No, she didn't <clears throat> get... I, I think maybe right at the beginning, yep. she kind of got a bit of a chant when she first came out. Yeah. But after that, it was all Nixon. Yeah. She, Candice LeRae may as well have been just a tackling dummy for the yeah. rest of that match. Well, in terms of the crowd's reaction, yeah. she certainly did a lot more yeah, she than did her tackling bit, dummy. But, um, know, it was all Nixon 
Everybody loved her. Yeah. It was every reaction was for her. Yeah. Um, and deservedly so. Yeah. Let's you know you've got to gush over it. My my own history with Nixon uh, is is a little odd. Um, I came back to watching wrestling uh, late 2014. I saw Nixon on the second show that I, I watched quite by accident. I was just in Leeds. There was a show on and she happened to be on there. And then I didn't see her for a whole year. And then last year, 2016, I saw her 21 times. She's just amazing. And one of the things to me that I find most interesting about Nixon and most endearing and really part of her greatest asset is you will see people who say, I don't really like intergender wrestling or I didn't get intergender wrestling until I saw Nixon Null. Yeah. And Nixon Null has single-handedly sold intergender wrestling to so many people that I know. So specifically in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, last night, the stuff that she did with Chris Brooks. Mm -hmm. um, man or woman. You, you know, it, like... Nixon's one of those people that you have to almost take the fact that she is a female wrestler out of it. Yeah. Because she is doing stuff in there that everybody else would want to do or want to be able to do. Um, and that match last night was fantastic in so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, those two, Brooks and Newell really went at it yeah. they wanted to have a special moment for the two of them together I think mm -hmm. um, and tonight I think you had something similar in that I think you know Nixon after the match gave a really nice um, kind of speech to the crowd talking about how much um, like Kaylee Ray and Candice LeRae um, meant to her and have meant to her career yeah. And I think that you saw that in the match tonight. Yeah. Because I think Candice LeRae did everything that she could to make Nixon Newell look fantastic. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that Candice LeRae looked like, as you say, I mean, she. I don't think she looked like a tackling dummy. She didn't look like... No. Um, no, I know that's not what you were getting at. Yeah. But she, you know, <clears throat> she wasn't just a warm body in there. No. She was an active participant and um and yeah you just see how great nixon is at you know connecting with the crowd but also being a fantastic wrestler yeah and i think we we will possibly get to see her one more time live we've got at least one on the docket yeah before she heads off to orlando yeah to the performance center yeah uh to be a part of maybe nxt but with the women's tournament on the horizon. Yeah, the rumoured women's tournament. Yeah, she could just as easily do a Noam Dar, a Jack Gallagher, yeah. and find herself straight in the main roster. She's certainly good enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. She, she, I think, more than any of the other UK talents, mm -hmm. um, she's the one that I want to see succeed. Yeah. I think you've, you've seen a lot of... Um, You've seen a lot in WWE of uh, the women's wrestling getting a lot more focus in the past yeah. couple of years. And you've seen a lot of really good um, wrestling matches from, from the women there. Um, and you've got, an, you've got a few more women kind of 
bubbling under in NXT. Obviously, you've got the champion um, in Asuka and then and then kind of the sort of contenders underneath her. But I do, I gen, I genuinely believe, and I, I know I might be, um, you know, cheering on the home team here, but I do genuinely believe that Nixon Yule could slot in and be one of the very top yeah. women's wrestlers in that co- in that company. Yeah. I think she is instantly as good as 95% of the women that they've got wrestling yeah. for them. Um and she she as I keep saying, she has the ability to con- instantly connect with a crowd. Probably as much as say a Bailey does. Mm. Like Bailey's is earned. Yeah. Bailey's connection with the crowd is very much earned. But I think you put Nixon Yule out there, um, she's instantly going to connect with yeah. the crowd. Well, Godspeed, Nixon. Yeah, I just wish her every luck. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, um, now, having mentioned Chris Brooks, yeah, I want to. This is gonna. This is gonna sound a bit weird, and it's gonna be almost <laughs> like a little um, think piece about uh, <laughs> uh, wrestling fandom, but. My final thing that I want to cover on Love the Graps is um, I had a little moment on the show tonight um, during um, kind of the unannounced tag team qualifier for the uh, tag team invitational tournament, yeah. um, which turned out to be the team of CCK, uh, Chris Brooks and the Dirty Wolf Kid Lycos yeah. versus uh, the team of um, Jimmy Havoc and Clint Majera. Yeah. Uh, and there was a moment in the match where I'll, I'll be quite specific about what it was. So, uh, if you if you've been to any show with Brooks and Lycos on, um, you know that it's all right for the crowd to give them a lot of stick. Well, let me preface this by Go saying on. that that Chris is he's not really a chanter. No, no, I'm not. Um, he's not a, a heckler as such. No. But you do like to throw. A little bit of a barbed comment when the crowd goes quiet. Yeah, yeah. I like I like some barbs. Yeah. I like to um I like to say things that are gonna be funny. I think uh, I think you generally I hit gen- the target. I, th- I think I have a good a pretty good hit rate. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight when you saw Chris Brooks just lie down Yeah. Next he, he he lied down and put his feet in the air. Yeah, next to his downed opponent. Yeah. You naturally saw an opportunity. All I said, uh, well, actually, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I, I think I was like, "What are you what, doing? What, what are you doing?" Because it, it looked odd. It he looked. He put himself in a prone position. Um, at which point, um, Lycos did a very unusual thing where he rested himself onto Chris Brooks's feet, who then got kicked up in the air and did a splash onto, yeah. um, I believe it was Clint Majera for a near fall. Yeah. For a near fall. And it was pretty impressive. It was, it was uh, good. As much as I begrudge giving those two yeah. much credit, um, it was it was an impressive um, double team manoeuvre, yeah. which Chris Brooks did not hesitate to let me know. Um, he turned to me in the crowd and said... Um, in reply I, to your... In reply to What are you my, doing? What, am I, what are you doing? He said... Um, he said, "A really cool double, a sick, a sick double team manoeuvre, you idiot." Yeah. Um, and I, I respected him for it. 
Um, Basically, he bodied you. He, uh, yeah, he he had uh, he had a solid comeback. Yes. Um, now the reason I want to sort of highlight this is because I I think it's something it's something that Brooks does really well. Yeah. Um, it's something that Trent, Trent Jimmy Seven, Havoc does very well. Havoc does uh, pretty well. Trent Seven does really well. Yeah. Is and you know we've been talking about the connection that Nixon has with the crowd. She's done, yeah. She does it pretty well as well. It's knowing how and when to sort of interact with the crowd in a way that is going to sort of make you stand out. Yeah. Um, make you seem, come across funny and clever. Um, and also it brings a crowd in. Like, I like it. We're talking about it now. Yeah, yeah. I've remembered that. Brooks yeah. might not remember it at all. Oh, he will. I mean, he did. We spoke about he it in the interview. Burned. <laughs> um, um, but... Uh, like it, it's kind of like those. Those are the little things yeah. that the really good, like yeah. y- new young pro wrestlers are doing, especially in the UK. Um, and you do see it, like David Starr. Like I mean, we're talking about the guys who are on the show today. Yeah, David Starr's pretty good. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good at it. Um, Dan Maloney's very good at it. Dan Maloney's good. He reacts well to the crowd. Yeah. Um, he always has a few comments, normally about people's attire. Yeah. Because they're giving him stick. Yeah. Um, and it's just like that ability to think on your feet. Yeah. Um, a good Im- improvisational comedy, uh, almost. And it actually goes to um, to what... And I might come on to it a little bit later anyway, but like to some of what are my criticisms about the show yesterday was you've got a lot of people who are very funny and yeah. very much able to think on their feet. And I think that's maybe what has driven Fight Club Pro to put some of these like comedy elements in mm. because you can see the crowd reacting to people being funny so you're going well let's do some funny stuff and they will react to that and it's not the same they're not the same thing mm. like having funny people who are capable of thinking on their feet and being funny is not the same as going let's do a comedy skit and see how that goes down yeah because um, it, can, it can come across as contrived mm. rather than um, you know spontaneous um, for me th- this kind of thing is why I prefer wrestling as an intimate art mm-hmm. I think professional wrestling works best in small rooms yeah uh, I don't like big rooms yeah because you lose it uh, what you can gain in the spectacle of the match as seen from afar you lose in in that connection with the performer well that's interesting because that's one of the sort of I wouldn't say criticisms but one of the things I think almost holds somebody like Zack Sabre Jr. back on a larger stage yeah I would agree I love Zack Sabre Jr. I love him in a small venue because Again, he's one that can think on his feet. Oh, he so is good. really good and unexpectedly good. Yeah. Because he, he does come across very dry. Yeah. Um, but also, it's almost like he feels the crowd and does, like he does his moves based on that. Hmm. Like the, the stuff that he does in the ring, not just like commenting back and forth, drawing with the crowd. Yeah. The things that he does are a reaction to the audience. Um, whereas sometimes when you see somebody in a much bigger arena mm. um, on a more sort of almost like a, sometimes like an alien sort of environment yeah. for them, that connection isn't the same. No. Um, 
but yeah, I think if you're not going to, um, you know, smaller wrestling shows, like up to 200 people regularly, um, and if you've never been before, so say, I mean, I don't, we don't know who's listening to this show. Nope. Um, we'd love to know so drop us a tweet at love the graps send us um, a postcard send us a postcard write us a song um, <laughs> drop us a line um, I, I think that was I was trying to do a Beatles lyric there yeah. but um, uh, yeah when I'm 64 there's a thing move on move on um, I felt I've forgotten where I was um, but yeah, we don't know who's listening to this. So, you know, you might have only really gone to say NXT at um, Earl's Court. Say so that's like yeah. the sort of smallest show you've been to. And that was fantastic. We, we were there when they did yeah, NXT yeah. TakeOver. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun show. Um, but you are missing out on um, be it like getting that sort of visceral connection Um, you're missing out on a lot of the jokes you're missing out on all the little details by not being like a matter of feet away from the ring you know you you can smell those people you can like you can smell them yeah yeah as as I think we've mentioned before yeah yeah Um, but you can feel like the heat coming off the ring you can you know, you can hear everything. Yeah. Like, um, and I mean, you, you just, you come, you, you become familiar with people around you. Yeah. You become familiar with people's habits. You get to know how the wrestlers are working. And like, yeah, that intimacy is one of like the main things that keeps me going back to these companies. Yeah. And it's one of the main reasons I've moved away from like, like other companies that I used to go to is I, I you know my regular companies before when I first started going to a lot of wrestling were like Southside and Progress yeah and Big, I've gone crowds. and I've gone smaller I've wanted it smaller yeah. and smaller um, you know for a more personal experience yeah, yeah. so yeah, we loved the show yep yeah. um, there were a couple of things a couple of, couple of weird things maybe yeah um Grumpy Chris has returned for well, for not my graps in a cameo. Yeah, in um, an unexpected cameo. Um, not my graps, and I'm not going to harp on it because I think I went, uh, you know, I went into this quite a lot last night. Yeah, I think if you want to know everything that I think and feel about <laughs> this particular topic, maybe skip back and listen to last night's show. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fight Club Pro had another go at comedy tonight. I think it landed a lot better. I was I was a lot more into yeah. it tonight. Um, but we had Martina Session Moth, um, and I keep calling her Martina Session Moth rather than Martina the Session Moth. Yeah, um, I don't mind. It's not a surname. No, no, no. She's not Martina Session Hyphen Moth. <laughs> no, but um, maybe she could like rebrand herself. Like she had a knock to the head. And all of a sudden is like a society figure. That would not be good. Oh, it's Martina Session Moth. <laughs> um, and uh, so she she um, came out, did her thing, and she decided that she was going to have a match against a stuffed giraffe. Yeah. That um, one of the Fight Club Pro regulars, uh, who's always on the front row, yeah, he brings um, to every show. Brings to every show, yeah. and um, 
Martina had become familiar with him yes. at a previous show. She decided she was going to have a match against this stuffed animal. Yeah. Um, so that started. She did some wrestling moves with the mm, giraffe yeah. after a fashion. Um, then Kaylee Ray came out and she was like, oh, that, you know, I came here tonight uh, in a Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, I came here tonight and I, was, I didn't have a match, but they said, put your gear on anyway. Um, I was thinking, let's, why not have a three-way yeah, between that, me, you and the giraffe? That, that sounds like that fun. That sounds like fun. At which point uh, the anti-fun police music started and a pair of hands came out from underneath the curtain and dragged uh, Kaylee Ray back into the um, backstage area. Um, shortly after which Kaylee Ray then emerged um, in full atta- um, anti-fun police regalia. Yeah, she'd been as, dunned. She'd been dunned um, as Constable Kaylee Ray of the Anti Fun Police. Yeah, um, she'd been possessed by the uh, <laughs> by the soul of uh, Damien Dunn, um, and she came out and she decided she was going to still have this three way match. But now she was really unhappy about the fun that was going on. Yes, um, and that was quite fun. Like it was quite fun yeah. seeing Kaylee do do something a bit silly. Um, and 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 generally speaking, like I say, I like this a lot more than yesterday because it was all confined to one match. Mm-hmm. It didn't affect any of the matches that that went on. Um, this was this was unannounced. We knew we we had a feeling those people were going to be there. Yeah. Um, but I still I still I mean I won't go on about it. I still just don't feel like. It's necessarily something that I'm that excited to see in Fight Club Pro. Yeah. Like, if you look at the action that went on in the second half of that show, and then you look at that comedy... I mean, not even the second half of that show. As soon as you got, like... I mean, the first match. Um, well, pretty much all the other matches... Yeah, were... Were, were like, were straight. pretty straight attack... With occasional um, sorry, com- fight comedy moments. Well, this is the thing, and yeah. this is my precise point, and I keep harping on it. Yeah. There are funny people in those matches. Yeah. Doing funny things that make sense in a wrestling match. Yeah. Um, and that is different to doing comedy sketches. Mm comedy bits yeah um like you don't it doesn't have to be like they don't you you don't have to have that like this is a comedy thing now yeah you can do funny bits i mean that you've got trent seven on the card like that guy is incapable (laughs) of doing a match without especially at fight club pro yeah where he is like the mascot like He's incapable of keeping a straight face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, I think it's my. Pro- it's going to have to be my problem. And honestly, I think if they don't, and I, I have to backtrack a little bit because I do really like Martina. Yeah. I lo- I really. Uh, I went on about it. Yesterday. I really liked her in in Pro Wrestling Eve. Um, but and I don't think she's going to be a regular at Fight Club Pro. No, I think these dates just fell as they did, and 
I just feel like that's not even go- it's not even going to be a thing going forward with them. Like they're not going to continue seeking out comedy stuff to put <laughs> in there. Um, but they've just gone with they've just gone with it. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your take on tonight was compared to yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was more of a straight Fight Club pro show. I did say yesterday that I felt it was uh, more of what I have I have reconciled as being Wrestle House. Um, so I did think it was a little more straight. Um, there were times in, particularly in the uh, Will Ospreay, Mark Haskins against Mustache Mountain match where it did again stray into... The sillier side of things, as well as being a thrilling match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that match was a bit silly. Um, a stuffed giraffe was an official participant. Yep. Um, not given a name, frustratingly. Just a stuffed giraffe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Love the grabs. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, let's um, let's let's kind of soldier on because we are getting a bit long in the tooth. But um, you had one more thing that you wanted to sort of cover off under the yeah. not my graps, and yeah. you're going to have to explain it to me. Right now, tonight on the show, as last night, Chief Deputy Dunn appeared. Uh, last night, it was fine. I wasn't that bothered by it. Um, both because last night was a little more relaxed overall, uh, and also because he was contained within the, the early part of the show and did not reappear. Um, for those of you who don't know, Chief Deputy Dunn is a character played in Attack Pro Wrestling, and now it seems in Fight Club Pro, by Damien Dunn, uh, who has previously been in Fight Club Pro as a straight heel. Um, and I don't mean that in a sexual way. Uh, he's just a straight down the line heel. He was part of a faction uh, led by MK McKinnon that we mentioned earlier, in- involving Pete Dunn as well. Uh, and then he kind of disappeared when they made the move to the Fiction Warehouse. And he has only just reappeared as Chief Deputy Dunn. On tonight's show, he appeared in the main event... Uh, to interfere in the match between Pete Dunne and Travis Banks. So you had Chief Deputy Dunne, very clearly as Chief Deputy Dunne, in his black shirt and his uh, Funban trunks, interfering in a match with Travis Banks, who in Attack Pro Wrestling is Sergeant Banks of the Anti-Fun Police. Now, this doesn't sit well with me. There are either different universes or the, they belong in the same universe because there has been a crossover uh, at times with this and certain characters are in both universes. But at times this is jarring. Now, it probably doesn't bother anybody else on the entire <laughs> planet. Uh, if it does, then... You know, come see me. We can form a support group. Uh, and ladies, form a line if if this is the kind of thing that, that <laughs> kind of really gets you. I have <laughs> never seen this particular topic come up on a Tinder profile. No. Um, but yeah, I would like some clarity. But I'm going to attempt to explain the clarity in a series of alternate universes. 
<laughs> I'm so bored. <laughs> now, Fight Club Pro, as we know, used to exist in what I will call the Planet Universe. It was at the Planet Nightclub. In the middle of last year, uh, it, it shifted into what we are now calling the Fiction Universe. With two X's. Yeah. Uh, and most of the characters made it across. Most of the continuity made it across. Some bits didn't. The fiction universe is very close in the multiverse to the attack universe. Uh, the attack universe itself has several gradations. Uh, but the main attack universe and the fiction universe are very close together. There is a bleed there. And Chief Deputy Dunn has bled over into the fiction universe where Damien Dunn no longer exists. Now, Sergeant Banks can't bleed over into the fiction universe because Travis Banks firmly exists. And that is why... Unless it is a Wrestle House uh, exception, which Wrestle House is like a Venn diagram where certain things are able to exist. Uh, unless it is a Wrestle House exception, that is why uh, Chief Deputy Dunn is able to come in to the Fight Club Pro fiction universe. Does that make sense? No. But I... Alan is a very difficult person to deal with sometimes. Um, look, I, I, I do understand the point that you are getting at. Yeah. I think, frustratingly, you in particular are very selective with the continuity <laughs> that concerns you and the continuity that doesn't. For instance, and we, we've discussed this in the past... I was frustrated with the main event from last night with the fact that Pete Dunne was teaming with Trent and Tyler when very specifically in Fight Club Pro, Pete is a villain and Trent and Tyler are the heroes. But they are teaming because we are acknowledging both that they are in WWE together and that they are a team in progress together where they are where they are villains now are we saying that the villainous characters in progress are the same heroes in fight club pro but also the same heroes in wwe no we're not we're just able to go yeah there are these associations we're gonna do our own take on it um go with us on it the fact that Damien Dunn is one character in one place and another character in another place over a period of time is of little consequence clearly to the people who booked <laughs> it um, they've obviously to me it looks like they've gone well we want somebody who can do this particular role where we're going to have them interact with Martina Session Moth in a comedy manner. And it would be fun if we had the anti-fun police because we like the, that act. 
Um, who does that? Oh, it's Damien Dunn. Yeah, he used to work for us. We're going to ignore that for now. And then the next night they go, oh, it'd be nice if we had, like, we, we want MK to do this bit. MK wants to be involved. He's feeling a lot better. Um, what can we do to sort of do a throwback? Well, we've got Damien. He's been, he did that thing last night. Let's throw him in there and do that as well. Like, I think that the logic that you're looking for isn't there. I think it's all to do with telling those bits of story, like those smaller bits of story rather than any overarching sort of continuity. And I think actually a lot of the smaller promotions probably concentrate more on doing those little bits of story rather Mm. than having a long-term sort of like continuity or consistency in mind. Um, I'll I'll come back at you with two points. Yeah. The first being that they're not bothered about the continuity of Damien Dunn between the previous Damien Dunn and Chief Deputy Dunn, but they are, under your thinking, concerned that last night Damien Dunn was Chief Deputy Dunn, so he better be Chief Deputy Dunn again tonight. Yeah. So they are keeping continuity there when they previously rejected it. And secondly, where are the universes? Your 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 story has no universes. Yeah, I didn't. Um, well, I didn't mention universes yeah. because what I'm saying is <laughs> that I am available as a continuity advisor uh, for any wrestling promotions. Yeah. Uh, in a in a going forward or looking looking backwards it, way, I will explain your your oversights. Wrestling's wrestling's a weird one, isn't it? Because and we know it's weird. We know it's weird yeah. in all sorts of ways. But like we um, travel up and down the motorways and the majority of our journeys are spent talking about wrestling yeah. in one form or another. And it's almost it's weird almost how much you can find to talk. And this is what we do with what yeah. we're doing on this podcast. It's weird how much you can find to talk about um, about wrestling like. We, we had a really um, in-depth conversation in, in on the drive yesterday mm-hmm. where um, and we disagreed with each other yeah quite sort of strongly about sort of the way the business is the business side of, yeah. of wrestling the business um, and like now we're, we've had a long conversation about how we've emotionally connected and reacted yeah. to the characters and now we're having a bit of a um, you know, uh, a sort of almost comic book um, continuity um, sort of discussion about um, multiple universes. Yeah. So, like, I think that, you know, and I know this has come under not my graps, but I think you could almost slot that point in back under love the graps because I think... If you are that invested in wrestling as a whole, yeah, then you find the things that you're interested in and you find the things that you're passionate about and you find the people that you're able to talk about them with. Yeah. And some of them might sit there, rolling their eyes, um, playing with a key ring while you're rambling on about multiple universes um but 
ultimately you'll be able to have um you, you entertain yourself for hours at a time it's it's basically at its basics two lads in pants having a roll around yeah but the dimensions and i don't mean universes although as we know i'm in favor of of that the dimensions that you can attach to it are many and varied and yeah, yeah that's why we all love the graphs so i mean that's a nice little um yeah. little way to to leave it uh we don't have any live shows coming up for a couple of weeks yeah maybe as much as a month yeah, what is next? Well, the next definite one is Lucha Ferret. Oh, no, Fight Club Pride Fight Club on Pro Good Friday. On Good Friday, so that's nearly a month. Yeah. We will try and plug some stuff in between now and then. Yeah. Um, we have an insane plan to watch as much wrestling as humanly possible over WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. From the comfort of my um, faux leather sofas. Yeah. Um, if they're screening it. We'll watch it. Yeah, we are going to watch um, most of what Flow Slam has to offer. Yeah. A couple of eye pay per views. Yeah. The WWE offerings as well. Yeah. Um, and we are considering doing some sort of podcast uh, yeah. talking about that. Um, talking about how tired we are. Yeah. Um, because some of that ends at 8 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Um, and what we would like. Um, to hear is what you might think, what you would enjoy hearing from us. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want us to talk specifically about uh, the two Evolve shows that we plan on watching over the weekend, maybe we could do something after that. Would you like us to break down each day's viewing that we do? Would you like us to wait until the end of the weekend and talk about how sleep deprived we are? <laughs> um, let us know. Yeah. Drop us a line on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of ideas for some other stuff to, to try and fill gaps between now and our next yeah. live, live, live trips. Um, so we won't leave you on your own too long because we know you get scared and you know, <laughs> we know you get lonely and you're um, like the dog when we leave you at home. You're going to piss everywhere <laughs> and, and we'll leave the radio on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so We'll leave you with that. Do get in touch with us on Twitter. The Twitter machine. At Love the Graps. Tell your friends all about it. Tell your dog. You know, this podcast is going to be a bit longer than uh, last night, but it's a listenable length, much more digestible than most of your wrestling podcasts <laughs> out there. If you are doing a podcast and it's lasting three hours, that is not a podcast anymore. That is an audio book. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Preach it, sister. So get in touch with us on at Love the Graps. Share us with your friends. Um, you can get in touch with Alan at Indie Sleeves. That's Indie with a Y. Uh, you can get in touch with me at Muscly Babies. That's Muscly with a Y. <laughs> and you can follow the whole Work in a Rest Hold podcast network at WAR underscore podcast. Full of content. Um, full of content at the moment. Um, Scott went to WXW last weekend and managed to fill all of his voice memos on his phone with <laughs> bits of interview. Um, so go and check all of that out. Yep. A lot of that's um, in little bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Um, enjoy that. Um, catch Alan on Indie Darlings. Um, you, if you want to go back, I have appeared on a couple of episodes recently. Yeah, they're rubbish. 
Um, I would agree. Um, it's a terrible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until then, maybe let us know what you're up to on over WrestleMania, what you're yeah. planning on watching. Um, but it is Saturday night. It is 13 minutes past one in the morning. And I'm going to leave you with a instruction to just go to bed. Yes, yeah. We had joy, we had fun, we had-